What is good, everyone, and welcome back to the Nostalgia Plus Ultra podcast. My name is Nostalgia. Joining me is As Told by Zoe. What's good, my guy? What's good, bro? Not much, man. Big chilling, you know, keeping it P. Always got to keep it P. You see, the, you, see the new, you see the new name change on Twitter, Nostalgia Plus Ultra. Always keep yeah. it P. <laughs> Shout out to Moody. Uh, that joke was hilarious. She was uh, asking, like, what does P mean? Because she's like, I don't want to feel, I don't want to sound like I'm old. What does P mean? And then, and I guess people explained it to her. She was like, oh, I'll just say it's plus ultra. And I was like, oh, I'm taking that. <laughs> I saw so I saw someone say it's basically just player. Yeah, like it's player or positive. Like, like if you like leave your homies or, out to dry on some shit, it's not P. You know what I'm saying? Like just or or pesbian. Dude, that okay. <laughs> Oh my god. I, I can't believe okay, I know we last episode we talked about the lyricism in DS Forever. I totally forgot that was a line. That joke is so stupid. I don't even remember hearing it. That was the stupidest shit in the world. I would have okay. Hands down, and we missed the fu- okay, okay. And we missed the other lines too, but some other lines. Pesbian one. That's bad. That's bad. Then all the fucking uh, lines about like coming. There's that. <laughs> and then, when Young Thug said he fucked a cup of water, bro. bro like why? I I listened to the his new track with Drake, and it yeah. was fine. But every two seconds was just a moan. And it got dude, boring. The, he's, it got old. He, sam- he sampled a woman moaning, dude. I can't. That song sucks. This isn't a Mac Miller interlude. I, that's the first thing I thought of. Because I was like, what? Think with Mac Miller, he would just like have a regular song and then just put it on the back end so you had a chance to yeah. skip it. But when the entire, what what's the runtime? Like two minutes or something like that? Three minutes? When the entire three minutes of the song is a woman moaning in the background. I can't, it just ruins it for me. I can't do it. It's catchier than the rest of the album, I would say, though. Yeah, it is what it is. But, okay, move, moving along. I really don't want to talk about that album anymore because that's so stupid. But, yeah, yeah, nostalgia plus ultra, emphasis on the P, baby. Now I'm playing. Um, so I want to start this, today's episode with a question. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, are you okay? Because I know you kind of went through some kind of mental breakdown watching Kakagurui. Oh, shit. <laughs> um bro it's fuck it's a good show i like the show but holy here's here's the issue here's my biggest issue i watch it while i'm working because it's in english so like i watch anime that already have dubs because it's easier while i'm working so i can listen and the way i'm set up is i got my work PCs here and then this that I'm recording on is a Mac it's an old Mac but I use it for like it's my entertainment PC yeah. YouTube and Netflix and, and all that stuff but the problem is while I'm working that's my door <laughs> leading to the rest of my wholesome family yeah if you if you're listening just on audio uh, hope you can get the gist of what's going on, but basically, directly behind Zoe is a is a door that is my door. His back, it was my door that all his you know his family has access to. So, you, so like, like he, he can't see who's coming through the door. So like I'm working, 
And then I get to the scene, the finger guillotine scene. Okay. In, in Kakegurui. Mm-hmm. And fucking, I always forget her name, but fucking Yumiko and the eye patch girl are getting hot and heavy and horny because <laughs> they're crazy. And then fucking Yumiko like grabs her own, her own titty. So I'm like working, going like, oh my God. <laughs> Oh my god, no. I, and then since it that's the second episode, but for the first episode, uh, you know, I watched the the OP. Mm-hmm. And the o, the OP is so much less hornier than than the first season. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. very it's very just abstract. But then the ED, I'm like I'm going to listen to both. I'm going to I, I want to hear what they both sound like. Mistake. Absolute mistake. The the ED is wild. (laughs) Like, oh my God. Like, she lays down on top of Mary, and then they're about to kiss, but then Yumiko's spirit comes out, and her spirit has giant tits, and they're like, (laughs) and and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Besides all that, it's sick. And it's just (laughs) surprising. It's just surprising because it's like, Oh, like when you watch the credits, like oh, this is animated by Mappa. It's good animation. It, yeah. And then oh, it's produced by Square Enix. <laughs> it's like these really big name companies, and it's just the horniest shit. Is the manga like that, or is the manga worse? Uh, I mean, it's probably on par. I actually haven't read. I don't even. Is there a Kakegurui manga? There probably is. I have I not read so. it or looked at it. I if I would. It would be a fair assumption to say it is equally or uh, more horny. Uh, mm-hmm. So I mean, it's just fun. I just remember like when you texted me, like like going off about what was happening in the episode. I I went back and watched the episode like earlier before we started recording. Um, and yeah, it's pretty bad. But here's my thing though, right? You get um, this is the that's this is the issue I have with Kakigurui. Is that there are no serious consequences to losing? Yeah. Like, like, like. So in that, in uh, for those that I guess uh, aren't sure, what we're talking about. So in um, the second season, episode two of Kakigurui, we have Yumiko. You have the girl of the the Momobani family. She's like the head, like a head person of that family, yeah. uh, and whose whose family, yeah, whose family specializes in more torture tactics type stuff, like especially when it comes to their gambling games. So it's Yumiko, that the the Mobobani girl, and then this girl, I forgot the eye patch girl's name. But I'm looking at it know, right now, it's it's M- Midari. Okay, so Midari, if you don't know about Midari as a character, she's she gets like like more so than any other character in the show, she gets more sexually aroused through gambling. But more so the type of gambling that involves bodily harm or, like, yeah. in any case, like, genuinely getting hurt. And so um, they play a game where, like, you have a pair of scissors. There's a bunch of, that's like, a finger guillotine. You put your finger in the, in the little guillotine and, like, you cut wires. And, like, basically it's a game of chicken, right? Yeah. But yeah. whoever, but you, but generally speaking, like, if somebody were to cut a wire, the guillotine falls on all three people's fingers. 
You know what I'm saying? So in my head, I'm like, I, it doesn't really do much for me. Cause at the end of it, the, the Mama Bonnie girl, she ends up like pulling her finger out. But the guillotine never falls in the first, like falls and actually cuts people's fingers in the first place. Yeah. It, had, it stops it had short. A, a, it had a stopper that the, uh, the, the, the girl planted the stopper without telling anybody. Yeah. But then I, 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 j I saw this like two days ago. Yumiko asked the ref, because there's this whole backstory or plot about the the election. So they yeah. have refs. But she asked the ref, like, oh, did you take it out? And the ref is like, it's, it's my duty. So the so the Momobami girl thought that she took out the the stopper. Instead so of yeah, it's, okay, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like artificial stakes, basically, because yeah, I just okay. So like, what what probably would have got me more into it, and like immediately took me out of it. I think it's just because I got I'm just been spoiled by watching watching and reading Kaiji because Kaiji actually be losing in that shit. Like, if you don't know, like like if you want like some merit to what Kaiji is for those listening, Kaiji is what Squid Games is based off of. So like if if like if you were to read or watch Kaiji and then compare it to Squid Games, the the creator of Squid Games basically took the formula and like the setup form from Kaiji and put it into Squid Games. So it has some merit to it because especially when you get to the point where you realize that everybody's gambling for sport for like the uh, the amusement of like wealthy off rich people, like that that whole like dynamic in that show for Squid Games is not new. It's from the same source material, which is Kaiji. So, yeah. um, because in in Kaiji there are like real stakes that you can like people genuinely lose. Like, like Kaiji has stuff. Like, I'm not gonna spoil too much of it. But Kaiji, Kaiji actually has stuff done to him in the process of losing gambling and, and gambling bets. When it comes to Kakigurui, I don't think like I don't see Yumiko or Shuta really losing. Shuta is kind of just like a one a character that I really don't care too much about. Um, because he's never really super involved in the gambling. I know, like episode oh. three of season two, he's in it. Oh, not Shuta, Ryota. Ryota, yeah. Um, but yeah, like once. Okay, what would have really got me into the that gambling part for episode two is if the guillotines were more so like tied to a specific person. Yeah. Like if you would have, yeah, like, the, I thought like, that would finger... make, make more sense. Like, if you had the finger guillotines where everybody had to cut lines and one line was the one that would cut your own finger, that would make more sense. Yeah. Right? But instead, it's it's a thing where, where you're just playing a game of chicken and you're just trying to see who's scared, like, scared enough to pull their hand out thinking that it's actually going to cut their finger off when in actuality it's not. Like, you're in no yeah. real danger. You know what I'm saying? You're in no real danger. Which, okay... I get it. Like this is these are like high school students, so it, I guess like in a, in a way like you don't want to show high school students inflicting bodily harm on each other. But if you're gonna go to the extent to where um, Mubani is playing Russian roulette with a legit six shooter yeah. revolver, like you have yeah. to have the like you can't have it both ways. You can't have it. She plays Russian roulette and could potentially kill herself versus a finger guillotine that has a buffer on it, so you can't cut your own finger off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think I think what the appeal of the show is that that's not all the horny shit <laughs> is um 
in, in kaiji like you said it's uh it's like it's more like squid games like they're doing it yeah. against their own will and no one's really having a good time i think the 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 appeal of this show is watching how twisted everyone gets because they yeah. all enjoy it yeah and, and it's, it's not perfect it's not perfect that. it's i like it good enough it's not i wouldn't say it's one of my favorites uh but like you said yeah some of the stakes are like eh there's not there's not too many stakes uh and i think i think the singing episodes are dumb <laughs> <laughs> yes not really like the, for anyone who hasn't seen it there's an, episodes in season 1 and 2 with this character uh Yumemi Yumemite and she's an idol and her whole thing is like she has a bunch of simps like yeah. that's like the whole, that's like the whole thing in both episodes and then she sings songs with Yumiko and it's very idly like I'm, I don't know if you like K-pop or J-pop then sure you might like them but I'm sitting there like okay <laughs> speed it up <laughs> let's, yeah. let's let's get to something else yeah I feel you I just I don't know I I kind of I get the the appeal of Kakegurui in a lot of ways I understand the appeal yeah. it's not really one it's kind of for me I think uh, having legit stakes on things kind of makes it kind of gets me more a little immersed in the in the game they're trying to play right because I generally think that the some of the gambling games they play in Kakegurui are actually pretty cool like for episode three I think I I was re, I'm rewatching the series because I wanted to get to where you were and then like I guess watch a few more. I got to episode three and it's the it's the game where like four people sit sit around a table and they each have like numbered cards three to zero, and like you play a card just, and if you I was just if you play a card yeah if you play a card that's over the number of ten you lose. But I think that's like a that's a really cool like uh, I guess game to play for gambling i think it's really cool so the way oh, and, and I, think, the, I think that no, one that episode has more believable stakes with the poison yeah because she actually got poisoned beforehand and I, that's see i genuinely enjoyed that episode yeah yeah that one has more instead of like artificial stress it's kind of like oh my god what's gonna happen Right, because then you have because then you have other factors at play because now there's like the other subplot minus the gambling because you have the fact that Mary had to go talk has to her the old own girls, thing yeah has her own th- has her own side story with the with what's her name the lead girl like the president the the vice like her, president the vice president like it's her her twin sister who has the mask yeah. or whatever and like now Mary gets be gets to be a part of the game now and she initially didn't want to be a part of it you know what I'm saying it's like yeah they really have like somewhat of legitimate stakes here. Yumiko, who is usually a guaranteed win because she just is very good at gambling, has very good luck. Is um, now dying. Is now, yeah, is now in dire need of help. So now like it takes uh, Ryota and Mary and even the old girl's twin to, to actually like do something. So I think, I think take Yumiko, taking Yumiko out was actually a good idea for that episode and for subsequently for episode four, probably, because they're going to continue the game. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, like having legit stakes on that makes sense. So, yeah, I just, <laughs> I wanted to ask you about uh, Kakeguru because it was just so funny. Uh, you see, Seeing your like reaction to it, especially for episode two, 
Um, I I will say like that was definitely not Kaki Garui, but other watching certain other shows or just watching shows in general that have somewhat like weird parts is always hilarious, especially when you live with your folks. <laughs> and bro, it's the thing is, it's just it's just the big uh, cultural separation of Japanese people loving schoolgirls. And yeah. um, in America, that's a that's a no go. Absolute no go. Like that's a a no go. So it's yeah. very weird. I I I just looked because I looked it up. Yeah, Kakigurui is ad- adapted from the manga Kakigurui Compulsive Gambler. <laughs> Compulsive Gambler. And I'm looking at the art. It's it's way worse than than the anime. Holy shit! I, would, I figured it would be. I figured it would be. That's so funny. It was funny. So, like, I guess that one's called Kakagurui Compulsive Gambler. Kaiji is called, it's called Kaiji <laughs> Ultimate Survivor is the first one. Yeah. And then the rest of it is Kaiji Gambling Apocalypse. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, you can see the stakes are a lot higher versus Compulsive Gambling and Gambling Apocalypse. Like, I just need y'all to understand that. <laughs> you know what? Genuinely, because I you've told me about Kaiji and I've heard a lot of good things. I hate the art style. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it's it's kind of jarring. I'm not gonna lie to you. It reminds me of like 2007, like Flash, cart not Flash on like online Flash, like the shit they would put on Cartoon Network. Yeah, yeah, yeah. now I'm not. And I'm I, not gonna. Yeah, I I don't feel you. Go ahead. And I grew up. Like, when I started learning about animation, which I don't know why, because I'm not an animator and I can't draw for shit, but I just got interested. That I can tell when something is animated in Flash, and I always hate it. <laughs> I don't th- I don't think Kaiji is animated in Flash. I do think it, it it's traditionally animated. It's just the art style. It's very, very thick outlines. Like, people complain, like... Oh, Mappa does so much better on Attack on Titan than Wit. Wit is thick outlines. Holy shit. Kaiji <sighs> is thick outlines. Yeah, no, I, I the art style is definitely kind of jarring when you first like look at it, but I bet you get um, used to it. You definitely get used to it. I think yeah. I just like the storyline and how they kind of set everything up. And that's what I'm more pay, paying attention to. Yeah. It's not super like the, the dark was, lines and then yeah, it's not, it's not something I'm I was gonna into. say if if it's like a bad anime, it's something that you could be like, yeah, the anime is bad and I don't like the way it looks. But if right. it's like, yeah, like I've heard a lot of good things about it. You you swear by it. So I bet it's not it's not like a deal breaker. Yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah. good, man. It's really, really good. So uh, Kakigurui, you know, if, if that's the kind of thing you're into, go ahead. Check that out. Also, Kaiji. Uh, you're gonna have to dig deep into the archives of Crunchyroll to find it, but it's there, and it's a definitely a hidden gem. I think if you liked Squid Game, you would definitely like Kaiji because it's basically the same. Well, not the, it's not basically the same thing, but a lot of the like character types and a lot of the um, the I guess I don't know, not precedent the I can't find the word for it the. Uh, whatever, but basically, like the basically the basic gist, yeah, the basic gist of premise. That's what I was looking for. Jesus Christ, the premise of it is very similar in style. So I think if you like Squid Game, you'll definitely like Kaiji. 
Um, I have. So yeah, something to bring up. Okay, what is it? That I I told you a few days ago, but I didn't tell you what it was. Hey, right. So here here I am. It's I want to say 4 p.m. I'm taking a break from work, so I fire up TikTok. Okay. And I I I scroll down and I see a, a review. Okay. A review of something called Joshi Ochi. And I'm like, okay, okay is the, the, the guy's filming himself like this and he's got like the green screen background and yeah. it's of a, it's of an anime girl. Okay. And you know, it's a cute, cute anime girl. Not, not a school girl. Like it's a well drawn. And yeah. he's he's reviewing it. He's saying eight out of ten, but here's the kicker. That I I didn't put two and two together. It doesn't say anime review. It says, anime review, anime with an H. Now, I don't. I didn't know what that was. So I look it up. Oh shit! I found out what it was. Oh my I was God. like, because I'm thinking to myself, eight out of ten. Oh, maybe it's like a good little like romance slice of life. No, no, no. no. For those of you who don't know, I mean, probably most of you will know. Hanime with an H. It's hentai. You just can't say <laughs> hentai. Um. But I went back because I was thinking to myself, I was like, this guy really reviewed hentai just on my for you page too. I didn't like look for it. It's on my for you page. Okay. I, I I click his name. His name is Waifu Main sixty nine. Already wild. Okay. Already crazy. <laughs> Already off top. Every <laughs> single TikTok of this guy is reviewing hentai. And I'm like <laughs> I'm like, bro, bro, digital footprint. You you cannot <laughs> You cannot get a job after this. You cannot get a job. Bro, he shows his whole face. Oh He's my not God. hiding himself. Oh my God. He's not hiding himself. It is. He's showing throughout the whole. He shows his Dude. face. Oh my God. Oh my God. Here's oh my the kicker. Here's the, even the, more? Wait, there's the more? biggest, the biggest kicker. Oh shit! The bio says anime reviewer from South Beach. He's from my neck of the woods. Jesus Christ! Oh man! So, if we make this a clip and and see somehow sees it, we'd love to have you on the podcast. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about hentai on the podcast. We already did that we're one not, time. We're I'm not talking about hentai. We can talk about he reviews. If he, if he watches hentai, he can watch anime. That's true. I'm just saying, but obviously we're gonna have to be like, oh, so I would ask how'd him, how'd you, like, how'd you get it? How'd you get into TikTok uh, content creation? Oh, I just really like hentai. Like, what? What do you mean? I would, I would have to ask him, like, bro, do you realize that like <laughs> you're gonna apply to be like an accountant, a doctor, something? And they're going to be like, 
I, I do not want this horny motherfucker on my squad. Well, how well how do you know he doesn't make money off of making TikTok about uh, hentai? He probably does, but the thing is, he, dude, how much money can you make off TikTok? You can make a good bit of money. Oh my Shit, god, bro! Oh my you god, know how much he has? What? He has one with one point five million views. Holy shit. Dude, if Char- if Charlie D'Amelio can make a trillion dollars stealing the dance moves of a black girl, then you can definitely make a shit ton of money off of TikTok. Sadly enough, <laughs> dancing is not hentai. <laughs> but Th- there's okay. a difference. Okay, but you also got to take into account the amount of people that consume hentai. Like secretly? They're- yes. Like well, like one point five million people. <laughs> one point five million people, dude. Fucking, literally, some of the more famous anime content creators watch hentai. Oh my! It is God. what it is. I, yeah, fucking. Uh, Joey, Gar, Gar, uh, Gar, and, Gar his and and uh, Sea Dog, and yes, and Gar's Giga's girlfriend, Sydney. Sid, her, Sid snap. her entire. Cool. Have you? She is wild. Have you looked at her YouTube account? Have you YouTube, yes. have you used her YouTube channel lately? Yeah, uh, her Twitter's the Queen of Degeneracy or some shit like that. Okay, yeah, bar yeah, barring that. Okay, that's fine. Like you can n- name yourself the Queen of Degeneracy. That's not that's not a huge deal. It is what it is. Have you taken a good look at her YouTube channel? Uh, not like the recent stuff. I st- I'd seen like she interviewed a porn star once, and I saw that like. Well, Joey did that. <laughs> Lit, yeah, yeah, dude. trash, trash. Chase had had um had old girl. I forgot her name. Yeah, yeah but they had a porn star in there. Yeah, dude, she has a video. I don't know if it got taken down or not, but she had a video oh. at one point in time where she would where she reviewed or looked at Japanese sex toys. I just hope you know that. <laughs> Holy shit! I hope you understand that. So there is a huge market for degenerate people. <laughs> <laughs> on TikTok, YouTube, Bro, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere. Uh, fucking. Oh, what's it called? Oh, yeah, when they were doing the the figure special, you know how they had their own videos where they go to the stores. Yeah. Gar Garnt was like, "Oh, Sydney, I have some money left over if you want," and she was like, "Oh," and she went to like the horny section. <laughs> exactly. You dude, they they walk they walk into the horny section on purpose. They know they're gonna they. They have to blur everything behind yeah, everything. them because they know they're gonna get demonetized. But like they still, like they, they think, do. That's something they do. Yeah, they probably just like because yeah, they're anime fans just like us. But the thing is, they live in Japan, so they probably just accepted it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I just I don't know. I think that the the market for degenerate people is there. I mean, you gotta think, think it, about you gotta think about the fact that like like. 65% of I can't remember the exact like percentage but roughly around 65% of either it's like male searches on the internet or just males sure. in general watch porn. Yeah. Yeah, that makes you sense. You know what I'm saying? Like it's that's like 65% of male or 65% of male searches involve porn. So you so like if you're if if a, a quarter of that percentage has something to do with hentai, that's his target market. Yeah, yeah. You know and what I'm saying? And I'm not. I'm not even gonna trip. Whenever you hear the word hentai, you kind of immediately go to 
Tentacles. Tentacle, tentacles. <laughs> Which I honestly, I I thought it's, that's hey, what it was. Word to Stanley, it's art. <laughs> word to that's word to that's Stanley, literally, it's art. literally what I thought it was. But then looking down this guy's page, I have not. I am not gonna look. I am not gonna take the time and look every single one up. It, does he? Does he have a? Does he have a they world all, and harem review on there? No. But they, what I'm saying is every single it one dropped. he's done just looks like like a romance. It, well, except for this one. Holy shit. Yikes. <laughs> but they just look like romance animes. And I, I didn't know that was a thing. I thought. Yeah, dude. I thought hentai was gross. No, bro. <laughs> oh, wait. Don't cut that. Don't cut that. I baited you. It's, I baited you. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, I mean, yes, hentai is gross. It's literally just, it's just animated porn. Fucking. <laughs> Uh, oh, oh, b- before we move on, because I saw the English title for the one that I looked up. Okay. Uh, so what was it? Oh, yeah. So in, in Japanese, it's it's Joshi Ochi. Okay. And in English, it's girls falling, apostrophe, a girl fell through the second story ceiling into my room or some shit like that. <laughs> And I, I I looked at it and went. I don't. I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna find out what that means. I'm not gonna find out what that means. Yeah, I mean, it's the, it's the funniest thing with light novel titles, and I guess with hentai titles too. It's like you can't. I think you you have to like get them hooked into it and just like tell them what it is yeah. off top. Because yeah. you know, I feel like with stuff like that, you you can't like beat around the bush and give it some kind of snazzy title. It's like, hey, this, 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 and this happened. There's your title. Is there is there a girl's falling fetish then? <laughs> I don't know. I just think with when it comes to stuff like this, I feel like people have run out of so many ideas. They're just making shit up on the fly. Sure, sure. You know what I'm saying? Like they've all, they've already done the same thing a trillion times. So you got to come up with new shit. And I feel like I guess in their I guess in their quest to find like newer scenarios, they're just coming up with really wacky shit to happen. Like obviously, fucking a, a girl fl- falling through a, a, a second story like vent or whatever you said it was story story window or some shit. Like obviously that wouldn't yeah. fucking happen. Yeah. But it's just like a it's, a it's a scenario to set up a sex scene. Like the plot is really they do they could give a fuck less about the plot honestly. I bet. Yeah, I bet. There's like, okay, what is what can we do to set up them having sex? Okay, her, she falls through a, a window. Okay, cool, boom. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, there's nothing like, they really don't give a fuck about that first part. We should, we, should, just, do, <laughs> we should do an episode where we review the plot lines only of, <laughs> of, of, of hentai. Just plot lines? Nothing else? Yes. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> Oh my God! Okay, I how did how two times we've got we've gotten back to hentai twice. I tried so hard when coming up with this podcast. I was like, we're not going to talk about hentai at all. Okay, but was, this <laughs> one, I'm just trying to set up maybe having a guest. Maybe because that'd be funny as fuck. <laughs> that'd be funny as fuck. Oh man. Um. Okay. Moving on. Um, I know you just recently finished um, Great Pretender. Mm-hmm. 
and I would love to hear your thoughts on it because I've finished it. I've rewatched it an unholy amount of times. It's probably like my comfort anime at this point. It, it was Hunter Hunter, but I think The Great Pretender has become my uh, comfort anime to watch when I just don't have anything else to watch or feel bored with stuff. So I, it's my one of my favorite shows ever. ever. Like Yu Yu Hakusho is number one, but Great Pretender is probably one B at this point for me. So um, I'd love like let me. What are your what are your thoughts on it? I, I, really I really enjoyed it. I thought when it was getting to like the last few episodes of season two, there was a point where I was like, oh really are they doing this again like i don't want to spoil anything just in case i mean I think, it's you know, been out for I, so long so okay <laughs> i really it's, don't care it's, it's the like when they didn't tell uh Madarame again like they didn't, oh, tell so, him, I told him, they didn't tell makoto about like the plan again yeah and i was like really again but but like you could, they say okay it. go ahead they they really did bring it back around at the end end which okay I Wait, won't spoil for that. for which for which, I mean I kind of want to talk about that part too but oh, like really? are you talking about are you talking about like the Wizard of Far East talking about part four or part yes five, yes yeah, yeah okay Wizard yeah, yeah. East, yes so like so you got to think about like how they set up everything especially when it came to how Makoto was in in the first yeah um, part right. Obviously, you're not going to tell him everything in the beginning because, and when you're doing the job with him the first time, because you know how you operate, you know how things go. But when Makoto, when it comes to Makoto, like he just flips script and does shit. He's a very much a wild, a wild card character. And I yeah. love that about him. But it just makes more sense for Laurent not to tell him anything because they know at some point in time Makoto's going to try to fuck it up. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So what they started doing, and I loved, was they started getting smarter about his uh about what he was doing yeah like when the uh like the air race part where like they knew makoto was gonna fuck it up so they had the contingency plan to to see to have what's his name like see uh abby win yeah they edited footage together from the races she won and right they put they put the tint on the windows right because if the if their plan worked abby would have won anyways yeah, you know what I'm saying because they would have put the little pill in that in the in the old guy's engine, and he would have like fizzled out and like crashed, and she would have won anyway. But just to make sure, because they knew Makoto was gonna fuck it up, yeah. they had the contingency plan in place. So they started getting smarter with it. I thought that was really cool. <clears throat> so once you get to that point where Legend of the Far East, obviously they're not gonna tell him anything and just let him kind of sit and simmer with. I guess shooting his own dad. You know what I'm saying? Like he's gonna like they're yeah. not gonna tell him the full scope of the plan because every time and you see at the very end, Makoto tried to fuck it up one more time. No, but but here's the thing. Here's here's where I think they brought it back around. Um, and it's not even where I thought it was a bad anime that they didn't tell him. I was just like, okay, this is good that this little part just annoyed me. But then they they they're in the office. And Makoto grabs the sword. And then something happens. And then you're like, like his dad, when his dad grabs the sword. Yeah. I was like, holy sh, what the, I, what? I thought Makoto was finally going to do something. Like, 
holy shit, what the fuck just happened? But then yeah, they explain it like, like yeah, Makoto was did go off script basically. Like he 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 did his own thing, but not in a like annoying kid way where he like never learned. It's like yeah, he did learn. Like he has the blood pack under his suit. Like yeah, like and, he and. and and they noticed, and Laurent told his dad by, like, touching him and shit. Like, yeah. it was really, really cool. Like, Makoto yeah. ended up <clears throat> learning learning the stuff that Laurent and Cynthia, Abby, even the old lady and the old guy, what they taught him throughout the years. Yeah. I think it was just more so, like, Makoto was like, I'm going to give them, I guess, a taste of their own medicine or whatever. And, mm-hmm. like, scare Laurent and all them into saying, hey, like, I can, I've learned so much from you guys. I can do the same shit. And I thought it was really cool. Um, I remember when I watched it the first time, though, I was like, damn, Makoto finna go out greasy. I, personally speaking, though, what would have made it a great ending to me would have been Makoto goes through with the con, takes everybody's money, and then at the very end, then, then like, gives the money and goes, hey, guys, I I fooled everybody. I, I, it would have been yeah. I, I'd have been dope if Makoto just pulls off the huge con either A takes the money for himself and just like lets it, and lets Laurent and all them go and just do whatever and just live his own life or like goes through with the con and doesn't alert anybody else in the group and then on the back end like comes to save everybody you know what I'm saying I thought I thought that would have yeah. been really cool but I guess having uh, his dad having Oz and Laurent like in on the plan towards the very end was was cool and i think like him bringing back the other villains was pretty cool too <clears throat> i was just about to say yeah when they close the door and then they show what's happening and they show right. uh, uh i forgot his last name eddie the mob boss from america he's uh, like oh my goodness i've been shot <laughs> <laughs> yeah casado was a great he was a good uh using him as the first like person you encounter to scam because mm-hmm. he's of this aggressive like mob boss type character yeah. that like generally like contradicts like or not contradicts but generally like but pros is like a very like intimidating threat to Makoto who just kind of got thrown into this con artist life like it was great opening up with him could not have been more perfect I feel like opening. they opened up with like the art dealer or like the the other air race guy, I forgot his name. If they would open up with the other two, I don't think it would have hit as hard in the beginning. No, opening up with 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 Cassano was good, not only because of him, but his his right hand man. And it showed, yeah. like it's a it's a good it's a great example of showing how Makoto wants to be like a better person and wants to help people. Yeah, like like he he was a. When he was talking to Cynthia before he knew who Cynthia was. Right. Like she was she was posing as a CIA lady and he was like, Oh, if I go through the if I go through with this, let uh I forgot his name. Fuck. He was like, Let um, this guy go. I forgot his name too. Dang. He was like, Let let this guy go. <clears throat> and she was like, I can't can't do that. He's part of it and he was like, I'm not then I won't go through with your plan and shit like that. Yeah, that, that's so, a mean, perfect perfect way to show how much of a wild card Makoto is. Yeah, I think it's it was, it was great. I think also uh, Abby is one of my favorite characters. Cynthia is my my personal favorite character. Uh, uh, I love Abby it. is is a close yes facts. I, I, 
huge fan of Abby, Abby, because Abby. of the, because I've been rewatching Black Lagoon, and I know I, sh- I, I, I you showed me a clip. I showed you a clip of it because it's it's a really funny show. Uh, it's really intense too. Um, Revy and Abby kind of share similarities in terms of their outward appearance and how they. I was about to say um, they pro- they kind of look similar. Yeah, they, they how they it, on their outward, I guess, I guess appearance and demeanor. Like they do not give a fuck about anything. Will say whatever's on their mind and just. But also beneath that, those layers and layers and layers of like being absolutely batshit insane. There's a huge, there's like the, that deep level of like pain and emotional trauma that they carry with them that they don't want to talk about. And with Revy, you start to with Revy and Black Lagoon because of the main character rock, you start to kind of get through there. Like I've, I, I can't remember if like they really go deep into that or not. I feel like they yeah. do, but uh, I gotta, I gotta rewatch it again and finish it. But uh, with Abby, especially with the air, with the air racing uh, part, like you really see like a, like the, the kind of trauma she's endured with yeah. like deal. Like, Cause she's from the, like the a middle Eastern country where she, yeah. her, she was in the middle of a dance recital that got bombed. Her family got died. And now she has to be, pick up an AK and be a child soldier. Like that's some heavy shit yeah. that you got to take with you. So and that's like, why, that's why she's all like doom and gloom. But I don't know. Like you said with black lagoon, uh, you kind of get through Revy with rock. You kind of, you kind of get through Abby with, uh, Makoto. Yeah. Uh, because at the end, maybe, I think, maybe they were trying to set up kind of like a little romance between them. Because when, when it all, when they first start off the Paris con, they're like walking together and they're eating. Yeah. But then when like, when the show ends and she's like free climbing a mountain. Yeah. She sent, <laughs> with she no, sent, with, okay. Okay. With no, no gear. Safety gear. I mind you, she's fucking yeah. insane. But she she sends him a selfie like this. Yeah, exactly. I so I, I, I don't it was think cute. It, that's a little. Cute I mean, it, little, it's like... cute, but I think them not exploring any kind of like romantic thing between the two of them. It made it better. M- made it way better because then it because it, then it becomes it becomes Makoto is the antithesis of Abby. And so, like, they definitely, they mix, like, oil and water, but Makoto brings a softer side out of Abby, but not in a way to where they make it romantic. And I, I thought yeah. that was pretty key in just the development of either character. If they had made it into a thing where both of them are, like, romantically into each other, or, like, she's, like, the tsundere that has to break, like, gets the shell broken and, like, mm-hmm. ends up being with Makoto, like, I don't think, I don't think Abby is remotely attracted to Makoto at all. <laughs> could, Especially considering what, what she said to him in that first episode. I forgot what she says. Well, she was I, like, she was like, she, she was like, oh, go. She, what she say? She, she calls like, him oh, a go, virgin a lot. Yeah, she goes, she goes, go, go, jack off in a corner, you worthless virgin. <laughs> she destroyed that man. I think you can tell during the um, uh, when she gets captured as the princess in Wizard Wizard of the Far East. Mm-hmm. You can tell by the way they talk. They're 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 boys. 
They're they're like close friends. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I I, I like how they didn't make anything. Um, that fucking uh, romantic. In, in Paris, he was like, "Uh, did you cut your hair?" She's like, "It got longer, you idiot." <laughs> <laughs> like she does not like him at all. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, the one thing about Great Pretender that I did not like, and this is not like necessarily a bad thing. Like the show is phenomenal. I think the show has a lot going for it. Um, my thing with it is the language in there. And what I mean by that is in the very beginning, the first episode, you have a Japanese voice actor speaking English, right? You have Laurent, a French voice actor speaking English, and you can tell the accents are there. At the midway point of the first episode, it goes, okay, now we're going to switch to either all Japanese or all English. All English. And I hate that. Really? And here's why. Here's why. Because it made it from what made way more of a, a, a genuine experience listening to like a Jap- a legitimate Japanese person speak English because you got to think Makoto is Japanese and throughout yeah. the entire show, whether it was the art dealer or whether it was Laurent in the beginning, he's Oh, your English is very, is very good. I can't tell like, your accent's weird, but you have really good English. Yeah. And then Makoto responds with very good English. Cause he's an English voice actor. You know what I'm saying? Like if they would have had situations where, cause then you have a, uh, with the art dealer part, you, Makoto's living with those uh, with those that family, and they speak French, like the whole time. They don't speak English really. You know what I'm saying? So if you have yeah, that, yeah, and 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 when the daughter does, it's in it. She has a French accent, right? Like yeah. if it 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 helped with the world building. If you had just had, like I would have enjoyed it way more. Because you know I me, mean? I don't really mind re- uh, reading subtitles. Sure. If you would have just had like the native languages of people in the show. Because then you got Cynthia, she's multilingual. You know what I'm saying? So you have, like, you could have an English voice actor that's multilingual for Cynthia. You could have a French voice actor that speaks English for Laurent. And you could have uh, a Japanese voice actor. You know what I'm saying? Laurent speaks Chinese towards the end. Exactly. But if you have, like, listening to a French, like, a French person speaking Japanese makes it more authentic. You see what I'm saying? I get that. I honestly thought. I thought when they switch up, because they they switch up when they get to America, yeah. and it's like and like it pauses, it has like this own flair to it. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't know, cause the way I the way I see it, it's like, I don't know when you're playing like Danganronpa, everything's in English, but they talk about mm-hmm. it like if it's in Japanese, like yeah. in Danganronpa two, they find. A book printed in English and obviously I'm not I'm reading it in English and they're like oh what language is this English it's kind of like that to me I guess yeah I don't know I just or, think, like, or to make it to make it dumber it's like the animals in Madagascar yeah Alex calls the police yeah. the police <laughs> he's like we got an escape zebra and then the police you just hear he's like what the and he goes, yeah, exactly. Okay, we can't call the people. <laughs> oh my gosh, bro. Yeah, I, I get it. I just think it would have helped with the w- building that world out, like with the world I do building see what and all you that mean. stuff. Yeah, like if you have 
like Abby might be different for her voice actor because of the fact that maybe she well she spent a lot of time in the Middle East as a child soldier, but obviously she moved to uh, America when she was a lot as a teenager. So she he, has even even the the two brothers from the from the race they they had pretty American accents, right? And you would not like they would have more. Per- Persian aspects, maybe life uh, somewhere from Dubai, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. more probably, yeah, somewhere in that kind of realm. I just think that would have made it more authentic because you get because they're going to different countries to talk to talk yeah. to different people. It's the same thing I have with like Vinland Saga, when you have everybody speaking Japanese, but the the there's a language barrier between like the English and the Welsh, so there's somebody speaking to there's somebody speak or in Danish, so you got somebody speaking to Thorfinn, I can't remember Thorfinn's or what where Thorfinn is. Where you got, well, it's like you have soldiers talking to each other. You have Thorkell who can speak Welsh and Danish, and and English, and he's trying to talk to these people. Like he'll talk to Thorfinn in his native language, and the soldiers have no idea what the, he's saying, but all of them are talking in Japanese. You see what I'm saying? Okay. So like okay, that's, yeah, that's, I see what you mean. You see what I mean? So like, I, 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 I can see how it gets confusing. Right, so obviously, what one thing I will say, what Great what Great Pretender did well is they actually have certain characters speak in certain languages, like speaking in French, speaking in Chinese, all that stuff. Yeah. Speaking in speaking in Japanese when they have that little like um, Chinese versus Japanese language barrier yeah. thing, that makes a whole lot of that that part was really cool too. By the way, where like they're the translators are like telling them different things but they know what they're saying to each other. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so like when it comes to something like villain saga, like I would much rather it be a situation well, obviously it's not going to happen where you get the subtitle of somebody speaking in Welsh or in Danish or in sure. English. And then you have that. So that, so that way the, the what language is he saying that basis actually makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, if like if those those lines hold more weight and those lines make sense and like the language gap has more of a narrative key to it because yeah. they're all speaking different languages, but instead of uh, speaking just English or just just Japanese, so that's just yeah. but that's like a nitpicky thing. That's just I I would like to see an anime do that. That's just me. I I feel like in other anime I haven't seen Vinland Saga, so I can't speak on that one. I feel like in other anime it's not that big of a deal because. Yeah, in Great Pretender, like you said, they're going to different countries. They're going to Saudi Arabia, America, France, China. Yeah, I I, I do see what what you mean. It, it that would have been interesting. Yeah, it'd been really cool. Um, but yeah, so if you have not, I know we talked about a lot of different plot plot points in this. Oh, uh, before I do that, did uh, I told you about how everything came around full circle when it came to Makoto, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was cool, wasn't it? Yeah, it was cool. How li- okay, literally yeah, yeah. from let's, the get-go. Let's not let's not spoil that because I think that that's one of the cooler points of the show. Yeah. The 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 whole thing with, with Laurent and 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 Makoto and and yeah. like oh my god, like he he knew from the start, like he knew from the start. Yeah. From the fu- was, from from episode 1. Exactly. It's it's really cool to see how everything kind of ca- comes full circle. So we're not going to really explain how all of that works. I know they call <coughs> him really the want... blonde asshole, but yeah. he's one of my favorite characters. I love Laurent. He's a great he's character. Great. 
He's a great character. He's he's very uh, well. You know me. Like I'm. I love any kind of mystery or heist type movie. I'm a huge sure. fan of like whodunits and stuff like that. So, um, a character like him who's just super clever and just knows how to make plans work. You know what I'm saying? He's his kind of character are ones that I really enjoy watching. So I, I know people don't like him calling the blonde asshole, but he was a great fun character. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like him. Great fun character. Um, so yeah, it's a great pretender. If you have not, uh, watched it, please do. It is a 10 stamp out of, 10 of approval, me. stamp of approval. Uh, it is, it's got the nostalgia plus ultra P of approval. Oh my God. <laughs> are we, are we going to uh, do that just from now on? <laughs> The P of a pool. I, it, it, until until push and P wears off, I'm gonna say it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm down. It's gonna be up until it wears off. I don't care. Um, real quick, uh, I kind of want to talk about I guess the new music that kind of dropped this weekend, this past weekend. Um, mm-hmm. Real quick, running through them: Surround Sound, the single with JID and Twenty One Savage. Song. Great, great, great song. Um, JID in full form, 21 Savage, once again, can do no wrong on a feature. He's You just add 21 Savage into anything. You can put him on track with people more like, like his sound. You can put him on a track with people like JID who rap, like rap rap for real, and it's never going to be a miss. Um, solid, solid um, song. You got, what else? Saba coming out with a song for his for his album, Many Good Things, Few Good Things. Um, that is an anticipated album for me. I know I talked about it earlier in a couple episodes back. That's an album that I'm looking forward to for this year. Uh, the Crazy Bone feature is really good. I like it. And just the song itself comes together really nicely. Um, real quick, I want to talk about the Joey Badass single that came out. I was just looking um, at it. I, Revenge. I'm on my phone. Uh I like it. I think it's enjoyable. It's I like Joey Badass. I've always been a fan, but listening to it for the first time was very jarring because it's, it's un- not it's not at all what you would expect from him. It seems uninspired <laughs> to me. I yeah, I would say that. I I I can see that. But here here's why it's not necessarily a bad thing. Um I saw somebody tweet this. I can't remember their name, but they're usually they're like a big account when it comes to, in hip hop Twitter. I forgot their, her name, but she was basically talking about how throughout Joy Badass's life or I guess rap career, like he's always been the one about the bars, messages, mm-hmm. and getting and forming a, a fan base and his his stamp as a rapper that way, which is great. But now in his career, he's probably felt like he's done all he could do in that lane. Yeah. And it's now more so searching for just commercial hits. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, mate. I mean, yeah. Was was it his last album? Fucking All American Badass. Yeah. Yeah, he hasn't dropped anything since then. And All American Badass was the fucking. Fuck it. It has KKK in America, so it's like one of those yeah. like thought provoking, like like uh, political messages. Yeah, I feel like. At a certain point, yeah, maybe people do get tired of that. Um, or maybe we're speculating way too early, and maybe he just has one song like this on his next album, you know? Well, yeah, well, yeah because you have... Well, because All-American Badass had Devastated. 
and that song sounds nothing like any of the songs he's put out. I actually yeah. really like that song too. But I like David. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, like his. So with the with the single "Revenge," I just feel like he's. he's I feel like she's probably right where he's kind of going into more commercial type stuff, which isn't bad. You know, you it's not bad can because the song form is, that lane. The song is enjoyable. I do like it. Yeah, you can kind of form that lane for your, that kind of create that little niche lane for yourself and end up coming out with something enjoyable, not something that's like on his level, I guess. Cause I feel like if Joy wanted Joy Bash wanted to rap and give us give us bars, he very well could and and would. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I guess that, he's but that's what, looking for something different. That's what I'm saying. Maybe because didn't he release three singles last year, and they were just I think so. They were standard Joey Badass fair. Exactly. That's why I maybe you know give it give him a little bit more time. Maybe he just has one song where he's like, I just want to let my nuts hang. I just want to talk shit. Yeah. And then, like, the rest is, like, regular Joey Badass. At, uh, until he puts out more shit, like an album or more singles. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, And also, either know, way, yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. I'm not, I, I, when I say uninspired, I don't mean that, like, he's just phoning it in on the track. I feel like he put work into that track to make it what it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just saying it's, like, not, like, not uh, the Joey Badass we're used to seeing. Yeah. So yeah. like that's kind of my thing. So like I guess uninspired is probably like not the right word to use. But no, no, no. Um, I, I I know what you mean though. I know what you mean. It's it's not. He's not. He's not doing anything new. He's not doing anything that unique on the track. It's it's yeah uninspired. I think that's a, a mm-hmm. good way to put it. Yeah. Um. What else? Uh. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, so I kind of want to mention. What was it? What were you about to say? Uh. The FKA Twigs mixtape capri songs capri songs Capri songs. i i here's the thing i never got the hype for fka twigs not that she was bad but like when she hopped when she popped out i just always thought she was you know her vibe is weird mm-hmm. and i think she knows that her vibe is is not odd but like different it's unique um I, I thought about this the other day, and I was like, I got to tell Taylor this on the podcast. She was the first ever uh, black girl that I saw glue her edges or really? do that, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> okay. As as a dude who's never grown up around that, I was like, oh, that her hair looks weird. What the fuck? This is odd. <laughs> um, kind of a culture shock for you, huh? Oh, 100%. So, but when I saw that, <laughs> when I saw that the weekend was on this album i was like hmm, okay let me let me i like the song with the weekend but then i, I yeah. listened to the whole i listened to the whole thing and dude she's i get the hype she's really really good like she has the song with the weekend and it's like a little bit more electronic with like some trap drums on it but then she has the one neck right after it called oh my love and it's like a standard like r&b um love song and then right, right after it, Pample, Pample Moose. And it's, yeah. like, it's like drum and bass. And it's like really yeah. upbeat. And then she has uh, Poppy Bones, which is like reggae. And then she has <laughs> uh, Witch Way, which is like a, a, a French house song. And then Jealousy is really good. And then she has Darjeeling with Darjeeling is she got Georgia Smith 
on a UK drill beat. Yeah. And it's fucking hard. That song is <laughs> sick. I was gen- when I heard it like start, I was like, I don't know about this one. <laughs> when it came to <clears throat> excuse me. When it came to when like I saw Georgia Smith is on it. And I heard obviously the UK scene is something that Georgia Smith is deeply ingrained into. And it yeah. makes sense that she would be on a song in some cases when it comes to you a UK sound in some regard. But to have a UK like UK type drill e production, I was like, I don't think this is gonna work. But I mean Dude, surprisingly It's hard. That's surprisingly it goes for it's pretty it's pretty good. Um And I forgot I forgot to mention she has Careless with Daniel Caesar, which is just like normal Daniel Caesar like a normal slow Daniel Caesar song. Like she right. has so much like I get I get the hype now. She has so much fucking variety. She could do like right. almost the only thing that gets me about this it's a mixtape because I read up on it. It's her debut mixtape. Right. The the only thing that that I don't it's not that I don't enjoy it. It's just I'm not the right demographic for it. A lot of the interludes on this mixtape are like it's it's not girl boss shit. It's not annoying. It's like it's her talking her shit. Mm-hmm. But she's a chick. So yeah. sometimes like I'm I'm like <clears throat> I'm like listening to a song and I'm like, hell yeah, this is a vibe. And then like at the end it's like Oh girl, you're beautiful. Don't know your worth type shit. And like if you're a chick, fuck yeah. Like you're gonna resonate. Yeah. I'm I'm not a chick though so it's like (laughs) so it's like okay cool i get it like i'm not saying she can't talk her shit i'm just saying it doesn't resonate with me because you're not a woman it makes sense like that like i think i'm almost positive one of the interludes is called christy interlude and i think it's christina aguilera and she's saying i I don't she's saying like you were born on a full moon, so you have a very optimistic outlook on life. You're a Capri Sun rising, this blah blah blah, whatever. It's and I'm I'm not into uh, astrology. Did you at say all. Capri? Did you say Capri Sun rising? Dude, did fuck you say Capricorn? Capricorn. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, dude. I thought the song the. The oh mixtape name, I thought the mixtape name was because like she's maybe in our age, like demographic. So she grew oh, up, oh shit! She grew up drinking Capri Suns. It's like it's called Capri Songs. So I'm like, okay, that's a oh, cool, man. that's a cool like callback. No, it's like Capricorn songs. That is so funny. Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> that is didn't hilarious. That. that shit is that hilarious. That was so funny. Oh my god. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, and there's one more. Oh, there's one it it's Twigs talking to like one of her friends and she's like I'm not I'm not the rock star's girlfriend. I am the yeah. rock star girlfriend. When when you first hear it, you're like, "Oh shit, okay. That's yeah. cool." But now every time that part of the song comes on, I'm like Okay, I get it. I get it. I get it. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is is that Milo in the background, dude? No way. You can hear him. 
I yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he just stopped. Wow. I I I was hoping that you couldn't hear him, but yeah, I was like, it's not a big deal. I mean, I I think there was there's one episode. I don't know if it was the previous one, but like like there's a, there's maybe like thirty seconds where like Mia is yelling at Milo. <laughs> I I bro, I fucking went outside after when we were done, and I was like, listen. On Sundays, I need. There he goes again. I was like, I on Sundays, I need you to like, not. <laughs> like, don't don't yell, please. It's not a. I mean, it's not a big deal. I think it's it's it, it is what it is. This is one of those things where we can't really control our recording environments at the at the moment. Yeah. So, yeah. it may <laughs> sometimes it makes for some funny clips. But damn, Milo, he's niggas going. Yeah, I think my <laughs> my I think my dad got uh breakfast. That's why. Oh, okay. No big deal. It's funny. Um, I'm leaving this in, by the way. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Um, okay. So real quick to kind of, uh, I guess, to finish our reviews and I'm get glad. into music music wrecks, I want to talk about a bird's eye view from Corday. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say, one, I don't think it's a great album, but I don't think it's bad either. Um, I didn't, I'll I didn't say, finish it. I'll say... Uh, Corday's Diet J. Cole. And I know if I were to say that, some people are like, oh, it's it's that's cool. It, it sounds good. He kind of has a style. But when I say like, okay, instead of saying Diet J. Cole, I'll say Zero Calorie J. Cole. Oh, bruh. Okay. <laughs> because oh my God. the flow and the way he tries to execute his songs it's very reminiscent of J. Cole and how he approaches music and stuff like that, right? The problem is why I say the no-calorie J. Cole is because a lot of the stuff doesn't have the same substance mm-hmm. to it. Like, the bars and lyrics aren't really there. Like, they're close, but not really there. Um, he has some pretty corny lines. Like, J. Cole is no... no Stranger to having corny lines on a track, but some of the corny lines that Corday have d- definitely are way worse to me. They're wor- They're worse than it's gonna feel like a foot up in your mouth. Oh, that's that's probably his worst one. That's that that's a, that's Jay that's, that's J Cole's worst line. That's his way his worst line. That I I will say they're kind of close to on par with just those. Like, there's a couple, there's one that I, I, I couldn't, there was one that was really bad that I couldn't find while, before we started recording, but the one, there was one where he's, he says, got this dime piece sucking on my cucumber, and like, that's, <laughs> I don't, I don't get, I th- it started with Migos, I think, fucking, <laughs> Uh, my purple pickle in the wind like why just (laughs) none of them are when when you refer to your dick as any vegetable or fruit it's not clever it's not funny oh my god dude dude my love is going there he goes again (laughs) bro oh my give me two seconds jesus christ (laughs) <laughs> and we're back we're back we're back we're back we're back okay so yes it is really bad so i think um he's just i don't know he's got to come up with some other stuff 
I think it's just obviously like no no rapper is gonna be a stranger to, to suspect lines, corny lines. Sure. I understand that part, right? I, that's that's perfectly understandable. Mm. My issue is just like like you gotta have other like cool double entendres and other lyrics to go on top of it to I guess overshadow to cancel the corny him line. Exactly. So. He just doesn't have those. What's crazy is when he does like the freestyles or he does like other stuff that just like one off things, like those songs hit and he has some yeah. good lines in those and they're really good. But when it comes to recording a full length project, like I just don't uh see that the same thing. And I'm not gonna discredit him as a as a rapper because I generally think he has rapping talent and can construct uh, the songs together. He did a good job. I will say he did a good job of constructing his like story and his, I guess, concept for what he wanted the message behind the um, his album to be. Like he did a really good job of that because he has he has interludes from I think his like friend or whatever uh, from jail like rapping uh, or oh, just okay. and talking to him. Like he has pretty cool interludes that way. He the way he, the subject matter he's talking about is more so just where his life is now compared to back when he before he started rapping or even when he like when he first kind of got on the scene and stuff like that so um i think it's just one of those things where you gotta give him credit for that and i do think he does get very much uh over hated as a rapper when it comes when it comes to his sound he's very much over hated and but i will say people's criticism of him have to be more accurate when it comes to him, because people are just like, oh, why, he just sucks. Why do you think he's over it? Like, I don't know why that started or when that started. Because he doesn't sound like any of the new upcomers in his age group that are making good music. But, like, he's kind of go. I guess. But, like, I don't know. It's just weird. It's, it's, I, I'm not going to say. It's the same reason why we think Russ is corny because Russ Russ is corny because it's stuff he does outside of music. I'm not debating Russ as an artist. I just yeah, think that's, that that's that's the weird thing. He is corny outside, but like he's a good like. I I don't, I makes, can't think he makes, of, he I can't makes good of, music. I can't think of one corny Russ line, and maybe that's because I don't listen to him that much. But from the shit that I do listen to, he's not bad at all. Like. He has the skill to rap with like the Griselda guys, and and yeah. he holds it. He holds his own. Exactly. So I don't know. It's it's weird. It's a weird thing. I will say, you can't. Is he is he the correct use of the word mid? Is that what we're gonna do? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's sad to hear. Because his first album is not bad at all. I think his first album, his first album is way better than this one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, dude, I I would say he's mid. In the correct way, though, this is not saying that Cordae is bad. When we give yeah. this, when we're giving, when we're saying he's mid, we're just saying he's just the co- the type of content and the type of music he's put out is not great but it's not to bad par. either it's literally just yeah. it's average is really what it is it's kind of oh, it is par it is par it's all it's on par it, he's he's shooting for par on this album yeah. <laughs> i'll just say that he's shooting for par like it's probably an album i probably really won't return to but it's not an album that i'm like oh that shit's trash you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. so um 
so yeah if you guys can make, be the judges of that album if you want to um if not i totally understand <laughs> um so i guess now that we're towards the end you got what you, what are your uh your music recs for this week uh so definitely that twigs album capri songs yeah. it's very very good and I have this opinion that if you are a male and you don't listen to any female artist, you are not to be trusted. <laughs> Facts. Uh, so definitely Capri Songs by FKA Twigs. And as a switch up, because we, we usually do just talk about like uh, hip hop, R&B or stuff around that. Uh, mm-hmm. There's this album by this artist named Bonobo. I just found out about him because he made a song with Joji on his newest mm-hmm. album. Um, it's an electronic album. It is. It's not house. It's not like EDM. Like fucking like go wild, go crazy. It's more of like a vibe. It's like yeah, what you would hear maybe during like fashion week or something. Really, but but. <laughs> But it's very, very good. It's called Fragments by Bonobo. It's a very, very good album. It's good to listen to while you're driving or if you're working. There's barely any lyrics. I, I enjoy okay. it. Okay, that's good. Um, yeah, so if you haven't listened to FK Twigs, also the Surround Sound single from JID, uh, the soul sample in it is phenomenal. That is like my single, I guess, recommendation mm-hmm. for this week. Uh, my album recommendation is one that also did not make my list was on an honorable mention as well is cinema from the Mariahs. Um, this is a, another, I'm, I think, I don't know. I, the past, the past two weeks I've been doing a lot more female artists. So, uh, the Mariahs, I have not heard anything other than besides this album. I probably will go back in the discography to see, but if you, you want to talk about main character syndrome, like it not in a bad way like this is like if you listen to this album you'll feel like the main character in a movie the way they they oh, set shit. up their the way they set up their the sounds and the way they set up like the lyrics and stuff like that and you what I would equate to okay even though I've never seen the show this album is what I feel like the soundtrack to Euphoria would be like oh my god <laughs> I've never seen the show but I feel like if I was in Euphoria this would be like my soundtrack right for like a character soundtrack it's just a, such a good it, it the the vibe of like what I see from certain clips and the trailers and stuff like that and certain things I've in certain episodes I may have seen out of context or whatever like this album I would not be surprised if if any other season of Euphoria after this one had any of the songs from the Rise in it sure so like okay. it um my favorite song is probably Calling You Back oh my that god really it's just pouring really it's yeah. you know it's 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 going crazy over here too. I think we got a severe weather Holy warning. Shit. Um. Yeah, calling you back is my is uh my favorite track on here. Uh, little by little. I don't know how to say this word because it's Spanish. <laughs> they have a. I think the the lead singer is Hispanic, and so she, a lot of the songs she sings are uh so a lot of songs she sings. Some of the lyrics are in Spanish, and so like it kind of flips the script a little bit. And some of them, uh, some of the songs are really really good. Oh, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. I think they're called the the Marias. Oh, is it Marias? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, um, uh, wait, which one? Which one are you talking about? Is uh, number ooh, track five. Ah, ah, hable con ella. 
Habla con ella. Okay. Yeah, that's one of my favorite songs on there, too. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> oh, shit. I'll but, listen uh, to this. It's really good. Um, so, yeah, if you want to feel like the main character for a little bit, put this album on. <laughs> it, is really, my, it is really funny, the, the, the cultural difference between us, because <laughs> as, a, as a black man, of course you're going to say the Mariahs, and as a Hispanic, of course I'm going to read the, the Marias. Right. And then you had the issue with the glue with the glue on edges. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that shit's funny. That shit is hilarious. Oh my gosh. I still need to clip uh you say the word child. That shit was so funny. I still need to that, clip I, that. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Oh man, that shit was hilarious. Okay, well, that's really it. I know we didn't talk about some stuff, but we can probably get to it in the next episode next week. Next episode. Um, sure. I'll probably uh, go through the seasonal list on what, we, what we've been watching again mm-hmm. for next week. But other than that, uh, that has been all the time for today. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, if you enjoy what you're hearing, please share the podcast with uh, around with your friends. If you like anime, uh, or music, want to listen to new music, stuff like that, video games, all that kind of stuff. That's what we do. So um, make sure to follow us on socials at Nostalgia Plus Ultra on Instagram, uh, at Nost Plus Ultra, at N O S T Plus Ultra um, on Twitter, and at Andre Alonzo17 on Twitter as well. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys, interact with you guys. Tell us what you thought of the podcast. Tell us what, you, what you're listening to. Tell us what you got going on in the anime world. Uh, thank you. Appreciate it. We have been Nostalgia Plus Ultra. Peace out.